Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It is another edition of Phillies Today. I'm your host, James Seltzer. It is Thursday, June 16th, and we come to you after Garrett Stubbs walks it off against the Marlins. What? A win yesterday from the Phillies. Stubbsy. Garrett Stubbs, the hero of the day. A three-run walk-off home run in the bottom of the ninth. Unbelievable stuff yesterday. It really felt like after losing that game 11-9 the night before, the pain and suffering that the Phillies and fans felt from that loss had carried over into yesterday's game and the Phillies just unable to get anything going for eight innings of the baseball game and ultimately get down to their final out and that out thankfully was Garrett Stubbs and boy he didn't get out as Stubbsy rocks one into right field and no doubt about her off the bat out of here home run and what a win what a win really just a uh a thrilling win from the phils as they walk it off twice against the marlins this series and and you know obviously lose a heartbreaker in the middle but a game they they very easily could have and should have won really um and you know to be fair you know when you win two games on walk-offs those i guess could be games you very easily could have lost as well so, you know, I guess it does go both ways, but ultimately the Phillies do come out of the series winning two or three. And that's what we said coming in the series. Got to win two or three. Look, not every team can be the Braves and just never lose a game. The Braves have won 14 straight. 14 straight, which is insane. The Phillies have won, what, 12 out of 14, and they've lost games on the Braves, obviously, um, which is just absolutely unbelievable. I guess it's a... Uh, 11 and 13, regardless. Um, you know, it's definitely, uh, Braves keep winning. But all the Phillies can do is win series. You know, just just continue to win series. Maybe you get another streak at some point, but for now, win series, especially when you're playing a team like the Marlins that you need to win series against that has some, for some reason, just had your number. The last few years really... Really nice to see the Phillies win this series. Now they get five against the Nationals. Braves have been beating up on the Nationals. Finally, it's our chance 
to beat up on the Nationals. The Phillies have yet to play the Nationals this season. All their games in front of them, we finally get five of those 19 on the books the rest of this week. Doubleheader tomorrow, Friday doubleheader. Otherwise, games Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday. It's a big series for the Phillies. You know, it's your game over 500. The Phillies now hovering around there. A game over before... Uh, a game over at the end of the nine-game win streak. They lose. They're back to 500. Then they win again. Over. Lose. Under. Win again. Now they're one game over. It's time to stay above 500 for the first time this season. It's time to consistently be above 500 for a stretch of time. I mean, the Braves all of a sudden are 37 and 27. You know, so the Phillies, it's time to start winning some games. 31 and 30, that's okay. And we're okay, especially considering where we were two weeks ago. You got to feel pretty good about the Phillies being above 500 right now. And again, it is muted by the Braves. It is very frustrating that this stretch of, of baseball where the Phillies really get rolling and we start to feel good about everything that the Braves are just kind of making our role look like the the little kid role compared to the big kid role that they're on. You know, that is absolutely frustrating. 14 straight. It's the longest winning streak in a while. Um, but that's okay. You can't control what the Braves do. All you can do is control what you do. And you need to win games because there are two teams in your division who are four and a half and eight and a half up on you. So it's time to start, or three and a half and eight and a half. The, the Mets are four and a half up on the Braves, the, the Phillies. The Phillies are four back of the Braves, excuse me, eight and a half back of the Mets. So, you know, it's time to, to continue to, to play better baseball and win some games. And look, I think you take the positives out of the Marlins series. And we'll get into the Knabel thing is mercifully has finally been removed from the ninth inning role after the debacle on Tuesday night from Knable from the Phillies losing that game, just a disastrous loss as we've talked about. But to see them bounce back yesterday, especially in a game where you could tell for eight innings of baseball that they were still reeling from the night before. I think that, you know, they'd gotten to the point. It's one thing to lose 13 to one, right? That game on Sunday to end the nine-game winning streak. You don't think the streak's going to last forever. You know you're going to lose at some point, and you lose handily, dominantly, never in question. I wasn't question early, but you know what I mean. Like, you, you lose the game. I think it's easier to just kind of stomach that and get back to, to winning baseball. And then when you win the next game on a walk-off, you know, Reeves' first career walk-off, and you know this team's riding high, and so they've won 10 of 11 in that moment, and they've just walked it off against the... The Marlins, then you come back the next night and you get down the 4 nothing hole early. And it's like, oh, here we go. And then you battle back and you take an 8-4 lead. You know, I think the Phillies really thought they were going to win that game. I think the, really, the Phillies really thought they were going to go on a bit of a run again. And then for them to lose it the way they did in that, you know, so familiar a fashion where the bullpen just absolutely gives the game away. Um, I think it was hard. I think it was hard for this team. I think it was hard for them because this, you know, my buddy Jack Fritz, who I do the High Hopes podcast with, loves to keep saying, and he's right, that this team is still learning how to win. They're learning how to have a winning culture. You, know, you look at teams in, in any sport, the importance of a winning culture. I mean, look at the NBA Finals right now. Game six tonight, the reason the Warriors are the Warriors are not necessarily more talented. They have the best player in the series, but I don't think all around they're a more talented team than the Celtics. The Celtics you know, play better defense. They're more athletic. They have... Um, two superstar type guys, or at least one superstar, and then I think Brown better than than Clay right now, better than Draymond right now. I think they have two of the three best guys in the series, potentially three of the four best guys in the series, or at least up there, um, at least the way they're playing right now. Um, but 
The Warriors have a winning culture. The Warriors have won titles. The Warriors know what it takes to win these games. They know that you need an Andrew Wiggins to step up and have a massive game for you. They know that, you know, Steph Curry's going to have to have that game for you, and they're going to do it. They just know how to win. There is a culture there. And that's something that this Phillies team obviously does not have and, and could not possibly have and has not had since, you know, 2011, the 7-11 run. And 7, it was that team learning how to win, and that's you figured out, and then they get to the playoffs and they get swept, and then it's like, okay, now we get it. Now we understand. Now we're going to be good all year in 2008, and we're going to be good all year in 09. We're going to be good all year in 10 and 11, and we're going we're gonna to have a chance each year. It's not a question of if we make the playoffs. It's a question of the damage we do in the playoffs. Like the Dodgers now, not, you know... Dodgers now don't get enough credit for the regular season greatness they're having. I mean, 100-win seasons are not that common in the history of Major League Baseball, and the Dodgers do it every year. It's pretty wild. But um, And 108 last year, whatever it was, it's just asinine. But the, these teams have winning cultures. These teams know how to win together. They've done this, and baseball is such a grind and such a up and down and such a roller coaster, and there's so much time where you're going to go through slumps and you're going to struggle both individually and as a team that that history that culture that knowing how to ride those waves so to speak is such an important part of being a successful club over extended periods of time and this Phillies team it feels like is starting to figure it out right now in the moment it feels like with Schwarber here and the the toasts the post-game toasts and the vibe with the team, the the vibe since Joe Girardi's been gone, the excitement that we see. I mean, come on. I mean, the Garrett Stubb celebration yesterday, the bat spike, the helmet spike, the the flex. I mean, that was that was awesome. You know, that really was the kind of thing that sports are all about. I uh, I talk a lot about that Luke Williams walk off last year, and granted, part part of that is because we don't have a ton of super fun, exciting Phillies highlights to react to. Uh, or get excited about on a yearly basis. But I, I thought it was such a beautiful moment. You know, this kid in his first game up with his family in the stands, you know, just it was special. It was it was what sports are all about, that type of story, you know, that comes with the moment. And while it wasn't quite, you know, the family in the stands stuff, last night did feel special in that way too, or yesterday afternoon, I should say. You know, the the backup catcher getting the shot and, and, you know, winning the big game and walking it off. Like, it's just that type of stuff is fun. That type of stuff is fun. And his reaction made it that much more special, that much more memorable, that much more endearing. And I think the reaction of the team to him, you know, the whole thing, it just feels different. It feels like there's a, a winning vibe, an excited vibe, a positive vibe around this club that we haven't felt in recent years. So I'm, I'm incredibly excited about that. I'm positive about that but you know i think we're still gonna have to see them work through some of these bumps work through some of these hiccups um and you know i think yesterday was a really big step towards it you know to win the games the way they've been winning them that's the thing about this nine game win streak and then you know the the two out of three that that they've taken since um since losing the nine game win streak um We've seen some dominant showings. You know, they had a couple 10 nothing wins. They had the 7-2 win, the 8-3 win. They've had some dominant wins, but we've also just seen them multiple times now fight to their last at bat. I mean, they've had three walk-offs in this, you know, 12 of 14 or whatever it's been, um, or I guess 11 of, of 13 that they've won, 11 of 14, whatever it is, um, 11 of 13 that they've won. That's right. Um, they've had three walk-offs and the hater game. 
The Hader game wasn't a walk-off, but I mean, they hit two home runs off Josh Hader to win the game in the ninth inning, the best closer in baseball. And they've had three walk-offs. They had the stop walk-off, which are down 6-2 in the eighth. They win 9-7. And then they have two out of three game walk-offs against the Marlins, who've been the bane of their existence. In games where they you couldn't get things going, they found ways to win in the end. They battled till their last at bat. They battled till their last strike. It's important. Stuff's important. That's how winners are made. That's how team become winners. Those type of wins. That type of belief, that type of confidence, that type of attitude that that until the last out is made, this game is not over, is everything for winning baseball teams. And it feels like the Phillies are starting to believe that. And the more of these they get, the more validation for these beliefs is is incredibly, incredibly important. Let's go through last night's game and then we'll we'll talk about the Canable thing and then look ahead to uh to tonight and and the weekend, a big weekend. Uh, yesterday, again, a 3-1 three, three to one win as the Phillies do not score for eight and two-thirds innings. <laughs> Believe it or not. Phillies down one nothing the entire game. Shout out to Kyle Gibson. Uh, probably his best start as a Philly. Gibby was just outstanding yesterday. The man goes eight innings. Came out for the ninth, gave up a hit, and then gets pulled. And Connor Brogdon, a clean ninth. Brogdon, by the way. Chad's kind of bragged him one of, you know, he's creeping his way into not Sir Anthony territory, but in terms of like, if Sir Anthony's the only guy we trust, Brogdon's two right now, and he's, he's moving his way forward. Um, clean inning, two strikeouts, but but Kyle Gibson, eight innings, seven hits, no walks, one run, six strikeouts. Only 89 pitches, by the way. Brilliant. An absolutely brilliant outing, and it really felt like they were going to waste that, which was such a shame. It was such a shame that it felt like they were going to waste that outing, but they, they end up not wasting it as Gibby, you know, doesn't get the win, a deserved win for Gibby, doesn't get it, but still kept them in the game just literally, literally just long enough to get the win as the Phillies really unable to get anything going offensively. Rees, yet again, uh, Rees and Bohm and Stubbs, the only three Phillies who really got anything going. They had eight hits, six of them. Came from Reeves, Bohm, and Stubbs, each of them with two hits. Bohm goes, uh, Reeves goes two for four. Bohm goes two for four, including starting the winning rally yet again. Yet again, the Phillies have had three walk-offs this season. The Stott one, the Hoskins one, and this one. And all three ninth-inning rallies were started by an Alec Bohm hit. Just saying. And Bohm has that clutch homer off Josh Hader. Just saying. Just saying. Alec Bohm might be clutch. <laughs> like Alec Bohm might be Mr. Clutch. Early evidence says Alec Bohm, pretty clutch. Pretty impressive what Bohm has done in important situations so far. And look, that's great for him too. You know, confidence building and all that type of stuff. So nice to see starts the rally there. Uh, and then Stubbs ends it. You know, two on. We are in the ninth inning. It is, uh, again, a one to nothing game in the ninth inning as the Phillies step to the plate in the bottom of the ninth against Tanner Scott. Didi strikes out to start the inning, and, and it just... I didn't think they were going to win until Stubbs stepped up to the plate. Honestly. Like, I, I I, had thought, here we go. You know, it's the Marlins. We're going to lose one friggin' nothing this game. What a bummer. And then for some reason, when Stubbs steps in the box, I, I felt it a little bit. They're just a baseball player, this guy. But Bohm singles, Romuto walks, and I see JT contribute. Then Munoz strikes out. So we're down to our final out. Two out, two on. One nothing ball game. And the backup catcher. Steps to the plate. The back of catcher steps to the plate. Garrett Stubbs and man, just shout out to Stubbsy down to the last strike. The man just 
Rockets won. Into the right field bleachers. A no doubt about it. Off the bat. Home run immediately. Boom. Gone. No doubt about it. It was awesome. It was super, super awesome to see. And again, the celebration was one for the ages as Stubbsy spikes the helmet, spikes the bat, flexes for the dugout, and then sprints around the bases to be welcomed at home by his teammates. <laughs> it was awesome. It was an awesome moment. And hey, you know, I mean, JT's been playing pretty horrible lately. Maybe a little more Stubbsy. Can we get a little more Stubbsy in the lineup for what it's worth? Garrett Stubbs betting 342 on the season with a 405 OBP and a 711 slugging. It is limited time. But the man has an 1100 OPS, okay? Just saying. Give me some more Stubbsy, all right? Love this guy. And again, I know it's small sample and all that, you know. But, man, he's had only had 38 at-bats, but Stubbsy, what a st- what a stud. And he just looks like a baseball player. There's something about the dude that just, you know, he's like a, a baseball rat. You feel like he's out on the field taking grounders. And, you know, I, I just love the guy. I'm, I'm so in on Garrett Stubbs. Three homers on the season. One less than JT, I believe. Um, so, you know, watch your back, JT. Just saying. Um, but an awesome win. Kyle Gibson, Garrett Stubbs, I think the two people who deserve the most shine for that one. Um, as, again, it was a, a super, super, super big win. Um, they really, really needed it, you know, in a lot of ways. It was a um, a clutch win for this team and a big series win, and now you face the, the Nationals. We'll get to that in a sec. One bit of news from yesterday prior to the game, Thompson meeting with the media prior to the game, and um, something that, you know, I think had become unavoidable. Uh, you know, he had been holding on to Corey Knable in the ninth inning and, and didn't want to make that move, and then after the Tuesday night game, again, a, a real tough, debilitating loss for this team that, that really carried through yesterday's game for for the vast majority of it but yeah they win yesterday kind of brings it back a little bit but but again just a horrible horrible job the night before from Knable the walks um you know doesn't get help defensively but but Knable has just not been himself we know that you know started the season fine but has really struggled as of late and had some real high profile blown saves in some spots and games that they've Come back to win and and this and that, but um, in spots. But ultimately, Knebel has clearly, clearly not been able to handle the ninth inning work as of late. Has not looked the same. The curveball just doesn't curve, which is a real problem with a curveball. Believe it or not. Um, so finally, yesterday, Rob Thompson said that he is moving Corey Knebel out of the closer role. We'll move him into. Lower leverage situations for a while, try and get him back to where he needs to be to potentially resume the ninth inning work. Obviously, we talked a lot about this yesterday with Knable, and, and you know, look, we said for a while they had to move him out of the ninth inning role. They said they're going to go with the committee for now. You know, obviously, I hope Sir Anthony gets more of that work than others. He is the one we trust the most, but, you know, I, I'd trust Brogdon to come in and close out a game if he had to. Brad Hand has closed a lot of baseball games in his career. Um so, you know, they got guys. They're going to probably play the matchups and all that type of stuff. But it does highlight or underscore what we talked about yesterday, the idea that this team absolutely has to add arms in the pen. You know, I think the rest of the team is good enough. You know, especially last year when you see a team like the Braves win the World Series, an 88-win team that, you know, was a, a good team but was really a team that found their mojo over the last two months of the season, the last month and the playoffs, I'm speaking. Again, this was a team that was under 500 heading into August and obviously benefited from a 
weekend at least last year this Braves team would be screwed because 88 wins is certainly going to be not enough to win this division this year it would appear the way the Braves and the Mets are playing right now um but you know it was a team that that peaked at, at that time and got hot and won the World Series and um I'm not saying that's going to happen with this Phillies team in fact I would absolutely bet against that happening and you know they have to make the playoffs first but um just in terms of, of from a macro you know a, a 30,000 foot view of the league type of thing. Um, you know, this Phillies team is talented enough where with the starting rotation with Wheeler and Nola at the top, um, with the lineup as it is, if they had a really good bullpen, like it's at least theoretically possible where they could be that type of Braves team and just get hot at the right time and make a real run, you know, and maybe not win at all, but make a run. Um, but the way the bullpen is now, they can't. I mean, it, it's just, it's just too bad. It's not good enough. It's not good enough. Bullpens matter so much in October. So much in October. Um, and the rest of the team's just not good enough to, to carry a really bad bullpen. So so they have to fix it. I mean, they have to make moves. It is the one spot of the team that has to change if they're going to really try and contend this year. And look, I think they could probably make the playoffs without making too much moves. I still think you got to do something. I mean, this it's not good enough. It's just not good enough. You know, guys, you can count and look, and maybe Corey Canable figures it out in lower leverage spots and can move back to an important role and contribute. I still think he's a talented pitcher. I'm not out on Corey Canable. I'm happy he's out of the ninth inning role, but I'm not out on Corey Canable. But ultimately, this team is just not good enough from a bullpen perspective. They're going to have to add. They're going to have to make moves. And it's going to be fascinating to see how they do it, what they do it. And I think they really need to add someone legitimate. You know, like Ian Kennedy again ain't cutting it. You know, you need to go get someone who is a lights-out reliever because I do think that, you know, come October, if you can make the playoffs, the bullpen will tighten up a bit. You just need four dudes. You know, you need four dudes you can count on, three, four guys you can really count on. And, you know, Sir Anthony is that. I think the Brogdon, over the course of the season, could develop into that. I trust him from a, a, a talent perspective. Um, I don't think Brad Ann can develop into that, but but he can develop into someone I could trust a little bit. You know, give me a guy. Give me a give me a elite guy. A number one guy. A David Bednar guy. Uh, you know, one of these guys from a team that's not going to make the playoffs that is a control reliever that you'd have to pay for, but that someone who is way more valuable to you than he is to that team. There will be guys like that out there who are gettable. It'll cost, but they'll be out there. You know, it's really the Phillies have to do it. If they are serious, and it seems like they are, obviously, from an organizational perspective, if they are serious about making the playoffs and competing in the playoffs, it is an absolute must. It is the one un, un like the one thing on this team that is just, you can't even envision a world where it's good enough. Do I want a, a, another center fielder? Yeah. Do I want, you know, they need some injured guy. Gene, you need some infield help right now. Yeah. You know, do, do I love that Ranger is my fifth starter? No. You know, there there are things you can point to, but the only thing that I can't envision getting better without help from the outside is the bullpen. I can figure out other scenarios for other things that play out certain ways where we feel better, but um, the bullpen, it's just not enough. And that's why it's going to be really important that they, you know, fix that. And look, I think for now, moving Knable out of the ninth is a smart move as well. Um, so... Uh, quick look at the standings again. I mentioned before the Phillies are actually four and a half behind the Braves. The Braves are four back in the Mets. The Phillies four and a half back of that. So it goes Mets at 41 23, four up on the Braves at 37 27. And the Mets are eight and a half up on the Phillies at 32 and 31. Still, look, we remember when it was 12 and a half recently. 
So the Phillies have gained ground. It just um, is harder to see it when the Braves have won 14 straight baseball games. Wildly enough, the uh, NL East, um, one of only two divisions in baseball, the NL East and the AL East, the only two divisions in baseball with four teams that have plus run differentials. The Mets are plus 62, the Braves plus 44, the Phillies plus 29, the uh, Marlins plus 22. The Phillies are plus 29 with that 13-1 to loss the other day, too. Um, you know, so that's a good sign that the Phillies are maybe a little bit better than uh, than what the record says. They, you know, run differential wise, they are a little bit better, and that is a good sign. So, uh, so we'll see. Big, big, big series coming up in the sense that it is the worst team they have played this season. This is the worst team the Phillies have played yet this year. The Nationals are bad. Nationals are a bad baseball team. They just got dominated by the Braves in the series. Right now, the, the Nationals are 23-42 and 42 on the season. They are 18 and a half back of the Mets. They are 10 back of the Phillies. They are 10 games worse than the Phillies have been. Big series. It starts tonight with Wheeler on the hill. Who else would you rather have? Wheeler versus Corbin. Big one tonight. You get the doubleheader tomorrow. Ranger and Bailey Falter called up to start that one. Then Nola and Eflin. So you got all five. You got five dudes going. Gibby pitched yesterday, so you got to bring someone up. But five dudes going. Um, Corbin and Josiah Gray, the only Nationals pitchers we know of now. We'll see how that goes. But again, win four or five here. You know, obviously three of five is the worst case scenario that is acceptable. Win four or five. Let's do this. Go into Washington and win some games. Either way, whatever happens, we'll be back to talk about it tomorrow. So until then, thank you for listening to another edition of Phillies Today right here on the Phillies 24-7 Network. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 